All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Uncrowned Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Batiste, or as other people know me as across the interwebs, JB Motivation. In this podcast, we will go over anything and everything to improve your quality of life, whether that is physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, communal, relationship, whatever it may be, to just make your life that much better. We will focus primarily on men's mental health, however, we'll end up touching on subjects that can be relatable for all audiences. Viewers' discretion advised there is a lot of swearing or vulgarity, but let's be honest here. We're some real-ass motherfuckers. If you want to support the podcast, don't forget to check out our merch site at www.jbmotivation.com. And if you'd like to book a one-on-one coaching call with myself, go to standwith.me slash jbmotivation. Other than that, don't forget to like, share, follow, rate the podcast, do whatever you got to do. But other than that, sit back and enjoy the show, you dirty, sexy motherfuckers. Just having our chats. Yeah. What did, what you, did you actually want to... whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the recording. Well, what did you actually want to make an episode about so i remember us constantly having this this debate right over the topic of <laughs> you watched me just try to like struggle and grind almost like either trying to walk through quicksand or run through mud as the mentality of you have to struggle to grow right you have to have your your growing pains in life and the one thing that you always would tell me almost like just pleading with me be like no you don't have to struggle. You don't, you don't have to go through all this bullshit. There's an easier way. And in my mentality, I don't know if it's just stubborn ass or if, you know, a lot of other guys think like this is like, no, we have to go through the shit in order to, you know, get the most out of it, to be able to actually appreciate where we're coming into, to be able to, you know, get a calloused, not only skin, but mind and heart and body and soul. You know, so I was, I was just kind of almost not rehab that discussion, but almost kind of go back to it after we had gone through so much bullshit, it seemed like both you and I, and kind of see where we lie on this in terms of struggling to grow, whereas, you know, always trying to find the easiest or most optimal way basically to achieve the same result. Well, yeah, I'm curious to know what your perspective is now that you've gone through this last six months of turmoil, right? Because I'm still of that opinion that you you don't have, I, I mean, there's a difference between struggling through growth and like suffering, right? Because when, and you're, you're much younger than I am. So when you're young, I think you do struggle up to a certain point because you're just trying to figure out the world and understand mm-hmm. these concepts and like, you know, you can be an old soul, but still you're having this human experience where you're, where you're learning these things. Right. So I think though you get to a point in your experience where you're like, okay, I've learned enough lessons that I don't need to keep relearning lessons and I don't need to keep suffering. And exactly like what you just told me, I am becoming aware of the red flags and the boundaries. And that is a way of avoiding suffering, right? Like you don't need to continually suffer. You don't. And so like, you just apply that mentality to everything you do and, and life when in alignment becomes very easy. I still stand by this. (laughs) So I will agree with you on this is like, you don't need to continually put yourself through suffering because I, I, I agree in the sense of struggle and suffering are different. I feel like if you're consistently putting yourself through suffering, it's almost the definition of insanity. You're doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. So you're right. You don't need to suffer. I do believe that you need to struggle. So that's where, that's where I kind of lie. I think with the whole idea of suffering is when you take the struggle 
and you allow yourself to get emotional about it. The whole idea of like when you're struggling and then you take that and you turn it into suffering, that's when you're getting too into your head about it. That's when you go from more of a, I want to say optimistic, but more of a, a realistic mindset to more of a pessimistic mindset. You take your struggle, which you can use to grow and benefit and learn from, to and taking that and turning it into a, uh, a woe is me. Why is this happening? Instead of realizing that, okay, X, Y, and Z are happening. Here's what I can take from it. Here's what I can grow from it. Here's what I can use, uh, use moving forward. So that, that's, I think, that, that shift, right? Where I, I get it, it's realized it's, okay, yes, I may be suffering because there's emotional ties and there is a, you know, almost like a traumatic experience kind of tied into everything. But allow myself to feel through those emotions, but understand that those emotions shouldn't identify you, right? Just kind of let them flow, feel through that moment, and then kind of get back to reality a little bit and understand, okay, life is not all nihilism, right? A why bother? Why is this? Nothing else matters. And what's the point of us even being here? Right. Well, and then, so how I think I'm picturing this now is like three levels, like the suffering, the struggling, and the not. <laughs> it's just like a different plane of thinking because you can, when you're just, I don't want to say elevated because it doesn't, it doesn't it so encapsulate how I feel about it, but it's like, the way that you look at it is like, you can go through hard things in your life or struggles might come up, but you're just not, you're just not struggling. Like you just don't partner with the idea of struggle. Like I just mm -hmm. don't partner with the idea of suffering or struggling or being in intense amounts of pain anymore. Like I went through a painful experience, but at the same time I was asking myself, does this have to be painful? What if it could be easy? What if it could be joyful? And I just detach, like, not like I detach from pain, like I can't experience it, but I just try to picture things differently because I think a lot of what we get in life is, oh, you're going through a breakup. Oh, you're so heartbroken. Or, you know, like we attach certain emotions to certain events. So we think that we should feel that way when really, I just think that you can choose the direction that you want your energy to flow to. And even if I feel pain in moments, just a completely different experience than if I attach myself to the idea that I must struggle in life. Like I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see it as true. And that's not to say I don't challenge myself. Mm -hmm. It's just saying like, why should I struggle? I'm going to challenge myself every day and push myself beyond the limits of, or have coaches push me beyond the limits of which I think I'm capable of. Cause you can't really do it yourself, but I'm not going to <laughs> struggle or suffer. I'm going to be challenged, probably hate it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, you, you keep going on. So I, I want to challenge that, that just a little bit, especially just with the way that you worded it, okay. right? Cause you talked about, you went through this and now after the fact, it's, I mean, it's still during, to... <laughs> it's still well, right, right. during. So, no, right. Exactly. So it's like, you were talking about how your, your reflection of after the fact, how you're choosing, you know, I'm not going to let you know, the struggle or the suffer, whatever, I'm going to choose to, you know, be at peace and at light of this whole situation. But during the situation, you weren't planning to struggle. And I'm sure you suffered a little bit because the more, again, emotional ties kind of flow back and forth with everything. But I'm sure during it, you were struggling off and on during that experience, which led to growth. Because after the fact, 
it's no longer a struggle because you had adapted to that struggle. So now you came out stronger with lessons and more just mental fortitude of it. But during it, you were struggling. You didn't plan to struggle. There was, there's no doubt that struggling creates growth, but do you have to struggle to get that growth? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you do not for all things. Mm -hmm. I think it might be a byproduct of our actions and our patterns. And then at that point you might have to struggle because you haven't learned the freaking lesson yet, or you haven't figured out how to do the thing yet, but it's, I don't know. I think we're thinking the same things just in different contexts. I think we're always thinking. You're right. It's definitely, it's definitely not all things, but I do feel like it's, it's a lot of things. I, I guess a good analogy would be like mom and dad and the kid is staring at the stove with the burning fire. Mm-hmm. The mom, before the kid even touches the stove or uh, before the kid even touches the fire, looks at him and goes, don't touch it. That's hot. The dad's going to sit there and wait for the little fucker to take his hand and go, shit, that's hot. Dad looks at the kid and go, yep, bet you won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Who had, who had the greater lesson? The one who never had to experience it or the one that actually had to go through it and experience it? I mean, but that's just, it's just a different type of example or lifestyle. What is the correct way to live life? How, how can you actually determine that, right? Because you're determining who had the greater lesson, but who cares what the lesson is if the person is happy either way? Why does it matter? Okay. Why are we measuring the quality of our life based upon the struggles or lessons that we have and not just the quality of our life? Like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if the end result is what you want. So I wouldn't necessarily identify it as quality of life, right? Because quality of life comes from internal. Only you would be able to dictate your own quality of life because it's- Well, that's what I'm saying. So why does it even matter if we're having this conversation? So I I would just- Like, what is the purpose? What is the purpose? So I would- I would guess I would just say the purpose is the idea of the distribution of experience and knowledge. And I say that with the idea of the mom had to tell the kid not to touch the flame because before the kid, she had figured out that the flame was hot. So she's able to pass on that knowledge from experience to the kid so that he may not have to experience the same thing. So I guess the value in this, I guess, is to basically say, one, you'll be able to show more empathy towards other people if you have gone through similar things and have gone through that similar struggle to be able to relate and, you know, have that, I would say communion, but, you know, that level of relationship with with someone else having gone through similar um, experiences. And then also the distribution of knowledge, because what is knowledge if it is not shared? But Mm -hmm. in order to acquire knowledge, you have to get it from somewhere, right? Taught, experienced, whatever. But in order for it to be taught, it had to be experienced. It had to be figured out. But why do your experiences that you learn things from have to be suffering? Because with that logic, it's like everybody should become an alcoholic or a drug addict or get an STD or get pregnant or, you know, like (laughs) it just doesn't make any sense. And like, if I see someone who's 16 years old, get pregnant, I'm like, damn, they live not a life that I want to live. I'm Mm -hmm. probably going to try to avoid that. Like, that's not something I need to suffer through an experience just so I can have this shared knowledge of things. Well, right. 
And that's why it is going to be different for everyone. No one ever said you had to go through everything in order to, you know, get the full human experience or whatever you might call it. But it is. So then why don't we reframe it of like, sorry, you go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying like, maybe this is where we can both like bring our forks to the road is like Mm. maybe reframing it as you have to go through your own struggle in order Mm. to, because everybody's going to have different experiences. And if you're going through a struggle, you have, if you are going through a struggle, like you have to go through that struggle, that struggle was meant for you. Mm. Right. And utilizing it as your, you know, like, cause all pain is a point of light, right? Mm. You go through it and then you are stronger and you do have that experience, but it's not to say that we seek out experiences through struggle and pain. It's just seek out. I say, seek out your path of alignment and whatever struggle comes to you is what you're meant to grow through and go through. Everyone, I always get calls all the time. I don't get it. I'll edit that out. That was a good stopping point. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I kind of definitely agree with what you're saying that, you know, we each have our own individuality in terms of our own struggle, whatever. And then I guess my whole mentality with it is I think a big reason why I guess this whole generation is slowly becoming softer and softer is because we're getting so geared more towards the avoiding of fear, the avoiding of struggle, the avoiding of uncomfortability. We just want to be comfortable and sit on our couch and have, you know, all these conveniences or whatever. So a struggle doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, when I went through boot camp in the Marine Corps, right? Going out of my way and putting myself through three months of what the fuck, you know, it, a struggle for, you know, an everyday life could simply be just making that choice of, okay, instead of getting my groceries delivered, I'm actually eating, get my ass up, go to the, go to the grocery store, maybe not park right in front of the door, maybe park a little bit back, walk my happy ass the extra two minutes. And, you know, just little, slowly, just little conditioning, just here and there to take you out of that comfort zone. And I think that was the point that, you know, I was always trying to get at is like, I was always trying to put myself outside of my own comfortable zone and my, sorry, comfort zone um, in order to force myself into growth, but in order to do so and doing things that are out of my comfort zone, it might be a little uncomfortable. It's going to be an internal or an external struggle, depending on what it is. Either way, just because I'm doing something out of my norm. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. And I think, I think this is just where we agree and we just use different terminology because I agree that like people just don't challenge themselves and nobody's challenging them. I've just got done listening to this amazing audiobook called like 10 steps to resilience for families. Um, I think Joe DeSina or something like that. I'll have to look it up, but amazing book about, he's the guy who created the Spartan races and yeah. And so he talks about how families are becoming soft and it's not children that are soft. It's the parents, right? Mm -hmm. The parents are teaching the children and making so many excuses so that they don't have to struggle and they don't have to go to school sick. You know, like we used to go to school no matter what, like you, 
well, not we, because you're a totally different generation than me, but me being you so aren't that much old. older than me, though. You say it so like old. you're sitting there with gray yeah, hair but, and a retirement plan. Yeah, but it's a different generation. It's like five years different, six years different. That's, that's not really an entirely different generation. It is. My buddy it's Doug so is 36. That's a different generation. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, like we had to go to school no matter what. And like the the rules were just different still, even like with five mm-hmm. years difference is different. So like parents now are kind of like our generation as like already parents you're a parent right mm-hmm. so it's like but it's just different you see the teachers are different and it's like the the political correctness is different and like you can't say certain things but it also just makes people super cautious super safe super like not wanting to go and do Right. I, I don't know if you've, you've noticed this, but it's almost like just an exponential growth with all of this because it was like nothing, 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 a little bit. And then just out of nowhere, it, it's like everything, everything in shows trigger PC can't say this, yeah. can't do that. Coddle, 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 coddle. Yeah. What the fuck good is that going to do anybody? Yeah. There, yeah, there, there are so many labels and things that we need to work around it's it's meant to be inclusive but it really just isolates everybody well because i think they almost it's like an oxymoron pretty much they went for all inclusive right by giving everyone their own label not realizing that it's the very labels in itself that separates everybody yeah what that it doesn't make any sense you're saying it's saying bananas with apples and try to call them the same thing but you're still going to be able to call the banana a banana and an apple an apple yeah and, it, and and the effort is to not see the differences between people but yet you're forcing people to acknowledge the differences mm-hmm. it's very odd right and i, think I need you to treat blue the same as green but make sure you don't it's right. like what do you mean what do i do right. then and so everybody just stays silent about it um unlike we are during this podcast <laughs> well that's besides the point i mean these are the things that i think people they want to say but i think th- they're just too afraid to say just because yeah. of the social ridicule that will come down on them and again i guess this is everyone's internal struggle and i made i made a video about this um the other day is i think one of the biggest reasons why especially in western culture everything is just slowly getting more and more fucked up is because guys pretty much took the fucking back seat they basically before it was you know we stood up for what was right people actually stood their ground oh i offended you sorry i don't give a fuck this is what is right i think too many over time it's just been beaten down and butchered to the point where not only do they not want to stand up for what is right they wouldn't even fucking open up their fucking mouths because you know what not even worth the fight i know the moment especially as a straight white male, like the moment I open up my mouth about any sort of certain opinions, I'll get told that, well, (laughs) I'm sorry, as they would call it, a cisgendered straight white male. Cisgendered straight. What does cis even mean? Apparently it means I identify as a male and I was born a male. I don't know why that had to be a label, but (laughs) I got called that last year and I had to look it up. I don't know Because someone commented saying, I what don't is it for females? Am I a cis white female? Yes. Yeah. So that's weird. what you'd be called. I don't know. I had to look it up because someone called uh, uh, called me that and said I didn't have an opinion on something. And I'm like, I, I don't even know what that means. But it, it just, it blows my mind. We're fucking human. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to take you off track there, but. No, you're good. You're good. I just wish people wouldn't understand. It's like, yes, we want to put labels on fucking every nickel, diamond, penny. Not realizing that it shouldn't matter what the fuck you are, who you come from, where you identify as, what, anything, part of your background. In my eyes, you're either a good person or an asshole. There's really no in between. I either fuck with you or I don't. Fair enough. I, I really don't know how it's it's that hard just to fucking do. Well, as Joe Rogan would say, people need something to be recreationally angry about. And that's why so many social justice warriors came out during the pandemic. And this is like, we're just bringing up all the political shit in this podcast. Oh, right? fuck it. Because I think, I think we pretty much, I was expecting a long discussion or whatever on the first one because I didn't think we were just going to like, Hit the nail on the off. head and agree and sort everything out. <laughs> Thought we were just going to argue forever or what? We've grown. I mean, that's what we kind of used to do until we both realized we were talking about the same shit, just speaking two different languages. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Because I think when people got taken out of their norm, right? When everything kind of went down and everything just kind of went out the fucking window right into left field, um, especially with this newer generation coming up, and this whole idea of, you know, this selfie and me and social media and this instant gratification shit. And I'm special because mommy and daddy said so. And I got a trophy for being in 18th place. Like, they lost their own sense of identity. And again, kind of like what you said earlier, I blame the parents for not showing them how to be their own fucking person and coddling them in the way that they did. So their own sense of personal identity isn't really them it's the idea it's the ideology it's the movement that's why you have people that are part of like the lgbt community you know they don't have anything i'm not saying all i let me correct myself not all of them but there's quite a few of them that have nothing else to their personality besides being gay or trans or whatever like that's their entire being well, so I it seems like whenever you question any part of the idea the movement the ideology the reason why they attack in the way they do is because they almost feel personally threatened because you're threatening mm-hmm. their being because their being is that idea. No, I love that you said that because I was going to say something um, in addition to that. How, how we now have soft parents, quote unquote, um, because I think we were raised by a generation of you know, people who went through a lot of abuse because they went through a lot of trauma just because of the world wars. And, you know, so they, you know, the, the punishment for children to get them in line was to smack them, right? Like they, they used abuse and it was okay. But that generation is the next generation who raised the parents now. And the movement now is talking about trauma and how that really has an effect on people. But exactly like you said, we can get into this cycle where once we identify something about ourselves, oh, I've gone through abuse and a trauma and I have this attachment style, all of a sudden, instead of working through that, we attach ourselves to that label and that becomes our story, our new identity. So it's not just, yeah, I experienced that and this is what I'm doing now, like making it something of the past because it is, it's, this is my identity and this is who I am and this is why you can't talk to me like this because I'm like this. It's like, that doesn't make any sense to do. Yeah. Why would you want to continue that story on? Like we've all gone right. through very, very hard things, but like, I don't want that to be my identity. I never talk about my story on my podcast because it's so irrelevant. You know, like you just, mm-hmm. I, I am what I am now. And like, let's move forward. And also uh, my, I love everybody. Like I love LGBT. I love trans people, but also I don't give a shit. 
Like, I don't care what your sexuality is. Like, listen, I don't, I don't care about my sex talking about it. Like who cares? I know nobody cares who I like to screw. It's not any of their business. So it's like, why would, why would you make that your identity? I don't get it. You have so much more potential and uh, abilities. And I think that people think that they don't. Well, you want, you want to know why is they've attached like almost a negative connotation of their identity and they get so heated and quick fired and whatever about it. What gets the most attention on mainstream media or social media all victim the negative shit all yeah. this victim mentality so whether they wanted to or not subconsciously it was oh if i do this or act this way or talk to people this way i get the most attention i get the most views i get the most this and then it's so, validation and it's the validation exactly. that you feel like you never got the attention that you never got. And, and I can totally understand. Sometimes you're like, you need to be validated in your pain, but continuing to need validation over and over again, just shows like the hole that's there. You're not mm-hmm. healing it by, you're not healing it by doing that. Because if you wanted to actually make a movement for your community, you would be moving forward, not keeping everybody entrapped in the victim mentality of that you're oppressed. That's mm-hmm. not the way to move something forward. Like as a woman, I've never felt oppressed. I, I've never felt oppressed and it only came to my attention when everybody told me that I was. I was like, okay, well, you can say that, and this sounds so fucking bad. I feel like I'm offending everybody in the world right now. That's, I, why, it's on, that's why it's on a podcast, not just I on know, <laughs> I know, no, it's like, I love women and I love men. And I, you know, I'm like a men's, co- I'm a female men's coach. It's like, but I didn't grow up with parents who helicoptered me. I was basically had to raise myself. Um, so I was never taught you have to carry pepper spray in the, in the street. And like, someone's going to attack you. I just grew up like a human and I was never afraid and nothing bad ever happened. And so I didn't have this mentality of like fear men. And I didn't have this mentality of you're going to make less than a man, or, you know, I just make the money that I made and I kept making more money. And I started my own business and I coach men now. And it's like, in fact, I, you know, I get paid more than some men by men. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's how it is. Well, like, well, and right. that. And, right. And you'll even have, you know, some women just ridicule you just for even saying that and being like, well, aren't you one of the lucky ones? Oh, lucky you. You didn't have to go through oh, X, you're so Y, and Z. Lucky and it has nothing and, to do with luck. I built my own luck. You know, you build it, your own luck in this world by the, the harder you work, like stop putting invisible limitations on yourself. Who, and this is why I think I battled with you with the struggle thing. Because I'm like, who says you have to struggle? Who says, like, for me, I don't, if I don't have to attach myself to the idea of struggling, I'm not gonna, like, mm. I'm, maybe I go through struggle, but like, I'm not going to attach myself to the idea. I'm going to attach myself. My life's going to be full of joy every single day. And I make every day the best day of my life. And it's great. Okay, it's the best life. <laughs> yeah. Happy little tree. <laughs> no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. And I, I just kind of laugh at some of the stuff that, you know, kind of gets said because, what they say, which is nine times out of 10, just based off how they feel, whether it's from past, past trauma, what they've been told, what they've been indoctrinated with, whatever, it doesn't follow the numbers. And I've always been a very analytical person. If the, you know, the facts or numbers or whatever doesn't add up, then what, what's the point? Why? So they'll, they'll sit there and be like, oh, right, you need to carry pepper spray. You need to do this. You need to be so cautious, whatever. But if you look at the numbers, all, mo- most of the violence is towards men. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not to say you shouldn't be. I'm not saying I, you shouldn't be prepared. I'm I think, yeah, should people prepared. should be prepared, yes. but like not right. not afraid and like 
also that that whole thing is just so crazy to me because most of the sexual violence or whatever from male towards uh female and vice versa is not from a fucking stranger like they make it seem like in the movies like some stranger comes out of the bushes and attacks you and like that's why you need your pepper spray it's a family friend it's a family yeah, member it like, it's a friend of the like family to you? yeah it's someone who you've dated before like and that's why it happens because there's some foundation of trust this is how it happened to me it's like mm -hmm. i wasn't expecting that this person was gonna do anything to break the small foundation of trust that we had built right mm -hmm. so in right. that moment you're not thinking hey this person is going to attack me i need to react in a way that's like screaming hey i'm going to be raped you're you're thinking in a way of like this can't be happening and mm -hmm. so it's like the rules that we're taught anyway are just so stupid it's like you don't need to really fear a stranger because a stranger is just like me and you walking around like mm -hmm. most of the time you're not going to encounter a psychopath like most of the time i mean there's that point <laughs> one percent that will get murdered i'm sorry but well, right i mean but again that's just that's just life and i get i get really irritated life. when you're not gonna get murdered well, that's just life well I, i'm sorry but shit happens shit happens <laughs> fair enough i mean i, I guess it kind of like goes along with it of like I, I can't stand when these modern age feminists are constantly like oh we need to start teaching young men or men in general not to rape and it's like uh that doesn't need to be taught it's the same idea of gun laws or gun control. You can make gun laws stricter. You can teach men not to rape or not to be that kind of guy. There are still going to be bad people in this fucking world. All the laws and teachings and education, whatever, isn't going to stop the bad people from doing whatever the fuck they want to do. They're still going to get their guns. They're still going to get their drugs. They're still going to abuse, attack women, men, whatever the fuck. They're still going to do whatever the hell they want to do, regardless of what you tell them. Like, Use some fucking common sense here. Well, and it's like also, what are we putting the emphasis on? We're putting the emphasis on we have to teach men not to rape. Like that's just such the wrong mentality because then all you're doing every single day is implanting the seed of rape in people's minds. And why wouldn't you just say, hey, we want to teach young women and young men what are boundaries, right? How yep. to love each other, yep. how to communicate well with each other. Why don't we focus on the positive things that we should do? Because then we avoid the things that we shouldn't do. And like, you know, I think that honestly, situations like that are just like, obviously there are, there are super bad people. Um, mm -hmm. But also I think if everybody just understood boundaries more, felt more um, confident enough to use their voice and to speak up and to say something, or, you know, you know, because women are trained to just do whatever and men are trained to like they, they don't know they don't know this how can they possibly know sometimes you know mm. we're, we're taught to like read all these signs and it just gets so fucking confusing it's like we just need to teach people how to understand how to read someone are they comfortable mm. are they uncomfortable what are your boundaries like do you have a discussion like don't be afraid to just ask someone hey do you want to do you want to have sex like get consent right. how, like how teach this, people do you want to get levels like, of like just no there's a no come on no stop it and then there's like a no yeah like it's still I, no but one is like a oh come on don't do that like don't and just that. well just confirming like okay i hear you're saying no like i don't want to go further if that's the thing right like i don't want to play around right now you know like uh, just being just being comfortable to just talk about stuff because i think mm -hmm. that's like the numb thing like communication is just totally shot oh, for yeah. everybody oh yeah it, it was sucks too it was like there's guys that w um, won't even have sex with their partners if 
okay, I'm sorry. It, it, it will go both ways, but the studies show that men are more prone to do this. Um, they won't even have sex with their partners if they feel like it's an obligation or they're making them. You know, when you know a husband or boyfriend, whatever, asks, and then the woman's like, okay, yeah, fine. You know, I'll be like, and I know I've done this before too. I'll be like, no, it's okay, never mind. I felt that before. I don't before. want to feel like I'm making you do it. That's exactly. I feel you. I've done that with my with with past partners before too, where it's like, I'm the one who's initiating. I'm the one who wants to do it, and they say exactly that. Like, yeah, we can. And I'm like, well, what do you mean we can? Like, do you want to? Because I don't want to feel like I'm forcing you to. It feels mm-hmm. weird for me. Yes. You know, like it doesn't feel good. Like it's like I don't. You know, and then it turns you off, and then it's like. The whole situation is all fuckity. And then I don't know if you've ever gotten this response back, but then um, a response I've gotten back too is like, well, every time we do do it, you always say that, you know, like you're you're pressuring me to or forcing me to. And I'm like, yeah, because you sound like undecided and I don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, like I need some concrete yes yeah. or no's here. Like, don't be wishy-washy on me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I think another thing that, you know, should be talked about kind of bring to light is like, if they say no, accept, accept the fucking no. Yeah. So it's like time and time again, and this is prevalent in, you know, all, every guy I've talked to and all, all my buddies and everything is like, a guy can get rejected time and time again. And he isn't allowed to say jack absolute shit about it. He just has to be like, okay, I guess that it is what it is. And we just have to just kind of roll with it. You ever reject a woman for sex or whatever? Holy shit. Who else are you seeing? You don't well, like me anymore. You don't find me I can't me say that anymore. because I respond Are... differently, but I know what you're talking right, about. Right, right. The general right. consensus is men should be ready to go all the time. Um, if they don't want it, something's wrong with them. You know, like mm-hmm. I, and I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. And it's like, it's, it's unfair. It's um, Tom Bilu and his wife, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but Bailu, however okay. you say it, they yeah, have yeah. a thing that goes, I won't make you feel bad for saying no if you don't make me feel bad for asking, right? It's, it's so perfect. It's so good. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, I think that you should know before you get someone what their sexual preferences are, because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people get into relationships where their um, needs are unmatched, like totally unmatched. And then it becomes this game of like, Hey, you have to do something for me to get sex as a reward. And it becomes a bargaining chip. And it's just Mm -hmm. so unhealthy that it's like, you should be aligned with your partner. Like when you guys want to be intimate, like it should right, be you, a match. Right. You can't have someone that, you know, only wants it maybe once a month and the only one wants it every day. That is never going to work out ever. Work. But I, I will say this though, you have to keep that same energy. Right. So I, I obviously can only put this in perspective of a guy. Cause obviously I've only dated women. So I can only give it based off my own experiences and you know, my, uh, experiences of my friends but it's like if a woman is putting out right when you guys are just talking or you know just started dating and it's you know it's every day multiple times a day and it's going it's going it's going and everything's great and then you get that ring and then it stops it's like no keep, keep that same energy right and this is just the general baseline i get it things happen situation happens life goes up and down i get that i'm saying just kind of like as as a whole don't put out and you know go above and beyond up until you basically get secured and get that lockdown and then everything just kind of goes out the window 
But I, I do think one of the big things that, you know, as the couple kind of grows and gets older and they're kind of wondering what happened, why their moods are changing, why the sex drive isn't there, why they're kind of maybe butting heads, a lot of that stuff. I don't think too people realize that how you take care of yourself as well affects so many different things. So many guys have never heard of testosterone replacement therapy, not realizing that after the age of 35, their test goes down. And guess what? Their little thingy thing down there doesn't start to quite work like it used to. Same with women. They, they stop taking care of themselves. Their hormones go up and down. Guess what? Now you're not in the mood anymore. Now you're both just sitting there going, oh, why the fuck are we doing this? Like, there's so many different things that go into play. But if you take care of yourselves, and then you'll be able to take care of your partners. And now everyone's fucking happy. Yeah. Uh, no, hundred percent back that up. We totally agree on that the first time because that's mm -hmm. what I tell my clients too, is, um, a lot of people become enmeshed in their relationships and start to just do things to please their partner because they love them so much, but they forget about themselves. And then the whole relationship falls apart because you can never satisfy your partner enough to be self-fulfilled yourself. Like you have to be fulfilled first and just pour out and pour out and pour out because as long as you both do that and you're in alignment and that's how you got started, like both of you are going to be fine, but it's mm -hmm. like when, cause when you both meet, you're both single separate, you know, hopefully you're both single, you know, you, you meet up, you, you get with each other, but you're it's both doing, say that nowadays. you're both doing your own thing. I mean, whatever, there's non-monogamy. Um, you're both doing your own thing and that's how you meet. And that's why you're attracted to each other. Cause you see each other's passion and fire. And that's mm -hmm. what you're into about the person, but then you get together and everything becomes about each other and the separation dies off, but like the relationship wasn't founded off of you guys being one person. It was founded off of you guys being two separate entities that were great together. Mm -hmm. So even for people who are married or together, um, listening to this, who are struggling, like this is always advice that I give my clients and I'm a ma male men's coach. So especially for men taking time for yourself and pulling back, not yeah. saying that you neglect your partner, but pulling back on doing every single thing for your partner and start doing it for yourself. And it's going to shock the container because now you're changing the rules, but it also gives that person space to find themselves again, to do things for themselves again. Because also when you start doing so much for somebody else, you take away their ability to fend for themselves and they start to lose self-respect like a helicopter parent. You take away the child's ability to learn anything and they don't fucking know how to do anything. They have mm -hmm. no self-respect at that point. They don't know how to go through the world. And then you have a child that living with you until 35 um hopeless the end <laughs> no right Welcome no, to my TED no talk. absolutely <laughs> absolutely so how that would kind of tie into relationships and you know i i've gotten some some ridicule on social media for saying this but the women that actually get it and know what i'm saying and how i'm saying it agree with me 100 is a guy wants a woman who is independent but not the strong independent woman i don't need no man bullshit that's just annoying you know they want a woman they want a woman that is independent meaning she can take care of herself as a fucking adult and handle her own affairs but they want a woman that is submissive in the relationship and this gets real wishy-washy because nowadays because people don't actually open up their mind and think what it actually fucking means it's not submissive as in you're his bitch it's submissive <laughs> as in you're showing his you're showing him the respect and leadership, you know, as his role in the relationship in the fucking household. But a lot of times it gets skewed because women are being submissive 
to a man that isn't worthy. Not every man is a husband. I was just going to say that. He's right. got to prove his ability to be dominant and people get fucking mismatched. Women are mm-hmm. like, oh, I would be submissive, but he can't take care of anything. Yeah, if you don't feel like you can trust him to take care of what needs to be done, you're with the wrong dude. He's not in his divine masculine and you're you're wasting your time. And I mean, I'm sorry to say that, but like dude's got to dude's got to get in his masculine and right. you're by you staying with someone who's not in their masculine. They're never going to be in their masculine and you're never going to be in your divine feminine, because if you're a woman who can't trust her man, you are taking on the masculine role. Mm-hmm. That's just right. what happens. So many Same women are in their masculine. Too. Yeah. Same goes both ways too. Not every woman is a wife. So these guys are trying to be the leaders, protectors, providers, doing whatever they can, like as a man should to women that don't give no shit. Then that's when they get, they turn into the bad boys or fuck boys, whatever. They're like, well, I gave everything, did all the right husband material yeah, shit to the wrong for person. this one. It's like, no, you do that to the right woman. And you'd be amazed at how she can take that and multiply and be fruitful with it. But people, people don't fucking think like that anymore. It, but you can't, blame them though because it's almost ignorance it's not taught they don't know yeah well i was gonna say they they've never thought like that marriage used to just be a union of um like what's the best like it used to just be a logical concept it wasn't based on love when it was like you know founded it was like how do we get the most property how do we mix together and it was it Mm -hmm. was literally a logical thing not based on love And then when it started to become about love, it was like, you know, we didn't think about divine masculine and divine divine feminine energy. We didn't think like that because our consciousness just wasn't up to par. Um, But we had natural roles, right? Like Mm -hmm. we had natural roles of like, the man is going to be the hunter, which is going out, getting a job, working, providing, and the woman's going to be the nurturer. So it worked out in that sense. Um, But now the roles are skewed who does what and the masculine feminine energy is getting very fucking confused like a lot yeah. of women are in these jobs like having a job is a masculine energy because it's going out and getting what you want i have a very masculine mm-hmm. energy but you know that um i totally forgot where i was going with this but a lot of women would like to be in their divine feminine they just don't know it because they haven't encountered a divine masculine energy that makes them feel safe enough to do so well, right right and there's a lot that goes into play with that as well Mm-hmm. because you're absolutely right in terms of you know the roles and what we traditionally were and everything and it makes sense there's a reason for it it's not just by random or by chance we have to remember too with this new age and what the media and every society is pressuring them it's basically like making it seem like no you don't need no man you have to go out and get a yeah. job don't worry about a family you have to do this folks in your education fuck everything else you don't need all that shit but then you also have to think and look at the other side of what they're doing to the guys of being like nope you need to be softer being weak is okay you don't need to go to the gym being tough is bad you're toxic masculine so that's when you have all the guys that are becoming more feminine and all the women that are being pushed to be more masculine and yet we wonder why all these relationships are so fucked up and no one knows what to do or how to communicate and divorce rates high and all these kids are gone yeah 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 no yeah because we can even tie this back to what we were saying a little bit ago on how this generation is becoming weaker and weaker and just due to pretty much the absence and neglect of, you know, the parents not being as hard and, you know, teaching them the right ways and how to do things. Well, if the women are being pushed far into the workplace and education, everything like that, where traditionally they were at home helping make the house a home and, you know, helping be there for the kids or whatever. And the guys are 
you know, still working, still working their ass off and doing whatever. Now you have both parents that are out of the household. That's when the government takes in to teach the kids because the schools are ran by the governments. Now the governments are teaching and indoctrinating the kids whatever the fuck they want to. And now you have a whole bunch of kids that are basically government educated, weak as shit because no one was there to teach them the reality of fucking life and how hard it is. So now you basically just have an entire nation of malleable little fucks and have the government be able to just do and run whatever the fuck they want to do because no one's able to stand up and tell them no because they already trained an entire nation how not to. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) (laughs) We've had multiple moments like that during this this conversation. I I totally agree. We're we're a bunch of Play-Doh people. Moldable, malleable, um but this didn't happen overnight though it no. has been a slow slow process of conditioning and letting little things here and there just kind of ease its way in the idea of convenience and work and the social justice now you can't say certain things just slowly easing its way until the point where we're at now where you know this newer generation is just like oh no it's okay this is how it should be this is normal yeah it's crazy it's, it's crazy to see how things are changing. Um, but that's the whole point of like, you know, you're a coach and I'm a coach. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, being a men's coach is the greatest thing I've ever done. But it's like to kind of hopefully beat this dynamic to help the, the future generations out because it's like giving men back their power. Like, you know, you need to be powerful as a man. It's not about being more powerful than women or, you know, like not being weak. It's just like tap into your like godlike essence. Like we are all a part of something greater. Mm-hmm. So for you to like let that go to waste because of fear or because of what society has taught you, like, and not challenging yourself. And, you know, I get like, there's a lot of people who, so like, for example, you know, like people get crapped on for having a specific type of person they want to date. Men get mm-hmm. shed on this a lot because they have a particular body type or whatever they want to date. Women have a particular body type and stuff they want to date too. And a lot of men will get upset, like even in my comment section about, um, yeah, all women want is men who are ripped and men who have money. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. If you want that in your partner, but like, you better also be that too right because you should want you should want to have a good body and whatever that means to you you should want to be um financially secure and you should want that in a partner i hate seeing these tiktoks that are like oh don't worry about how much money they have or you know don't focus on that like you should worry because if that's going to be your future um spouse or whatever you want them to be independent like you said like and it's not about them having to take care of you and being lazy about it it's just like Mm -hmm. no dude you should want to take care of yourself and you should want someone who gives a shit about their own well-being because if they're Mm -hmm. not even financially secure themselves guess who they're going to latch on to and you're not trying to have an adult child whether that's male or female it's just nuts to me it's just absolutely nuts you should care about it and you should care about how they take care of their body because Mm -hmm. that when you're old like you want a life partner, that person's not going to last you for life. You know what I mean? Like you have to worry about your, your heart health and that, that passes on to your children, the genetics. So it's not about the aesthetics. It's about how does this person take care of themselves? How do they respect themselves? How do they see themselves? Well, exactly. And that's, it kind of is about the aesthetics though, but that's just very surface value. And I not mean it as a very just, um, subliminal, just a very, you know, subsurface level. I mean, that as like the aesthetics, the first thing that we see 
is often you can tell a lot of a person just based off the way that they look. So if I see someone walking around, they have very proportioned body. They look like they take care of themselves. They hold themselves accordingly. I'm like, okay, he has discipline to eat appropriately. He has the work ethic to go to the gym and he has the confidence, you know, to carry himself a certain way that there already tells me a couple of things about him in and itself. Tells you about their personality. Right. It irritates me like a motherfucker to see, you know, the dad balls in and big is beautiful and all this extra super plus size bullshit and love your body is like, okay, I get it. Like you should love your body and have respect for yourself. And don't get me wrong, little curves every now and again, ain't that bad, but there comes to a point where you need to take care of yourself, right? You can't keep promoting this unhealthy, unrealistic standard and just push it as, Oh no, this is self-love. No, fucking ain't. You're killing or, yourself. Or the, this is healthy because it's not healthy to be overweight. There, there are people that will sit there and be like, nope, I'm healthy. Motherfucker, you're 250 pounds and you're 5'3". I mean, it might you might be healthy now, but like you have to think about the compound effect of time. Like it, it weighs on your joints and your mm-hmm. heart and like... Not saying that these people are bad or awful, or you have to be like a size zero. That is not the point. The point is like, think about, yeah, think about your, just your health, like your future Mm -hmm. health. It's just like people who smoke cigarettes or drink every day. And it's like, I'm healthy. I work, you know, like when I went to Columbia, I drank every single day. That was not healthy. Even though every single morning I went to the gym, it's not like you Mm -hmm. can just cut it. It's like you just canceled out. If I continue to do that. It's like, yeah, I might be looking good now and healthy now, but like that will eventually kill me. And I am very aware of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't make excuses for yourself. And, and it's like, you know, when I see a dude with a six pack, like it's attracted to me a, because yeah, it looks good, but it looks good because it's discipline because I know he's going to do hard things. I, I know what it takes to have a six pack. I work out every day. I know what it takes to like, you know, you can't eat certain foods. Uh, above your calorie limit. Like you, you have, you have a certain mentality and that mentality says a lot about your personality and what you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, like there's just different things that go into that, like different aesthetics. Like I can't get like, you know, you're you're the fucking shape of your nose or your ears, your boobs or whatever. You can't like really control that, but right. Right. But definitely the way and how you take care of yourself is definitely within your fucking control. You're not fucking big bone. You just eat too much Taco Bell. But I'm going to throw another variable into the mix here as well. Is Fuck besides like that. just that. <laughs> you would be besides, kidding besides, if you did that, you know, because it makes you go to the bathroom. Guys. The diarrhea um, diet. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so but besides just that physical aspect, right? Besides like that health aspect. Uh, so I want the, the, the female audience to kind of think about this one is what happens if you're out and about, right? And a dude comes up to you and tries to mug you or rob you or whatever, or jump you with your woman. I'm sorry, but a fat fuck ain't going to be able to do shit or grabs your woman's purse and starts running. You will be you were just talking about a solo woman. No, you're with, no. Are you talking about just talking about a solo woman? Yeah. Like if she was just by herself. Cause I was like, yeah, that's why I work out. Cause I can fight. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, no one I mean, will try to rob me i mean, I mean that too i mean it, it goes both ways but i mean you should want a man that can be able to protect yourself and 
to any feminist fucking listening, don't you dare sit there and say, no, I get offend my own self because, honey, you versus three other dudes, you're not going to stand a fucking chance. I'm sorry, but the reality of the situation widow. is, like, one of the strongest women would not stand a fucking chance against a couple other dudes. It just, that's the fucking biology of it. It is what it fucking Gotta is. Gotta be fast. Fast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, well, and yeah, I mean, like, even if you don't need it, it's nice to have, you know, right. like a man who can protect you. I mean, I, and honestly. Well, hopefully you should never need it. You know what I mean? Well, hopefully that should never be the case. Yeah, but it's also attractive to know that you have like security. You know, it's like if you have a dog that's like it, it like a pit bull, like they are the sweetest dogs in the world. But oh, if yeah. you if you train a dog to protect you, any kind of dog, you know, it could be any kind of dog. If you just know, know you have yeah. you have that next level. Hey, Chihuahuas get pretty insane. Okay, they're probably the most defensive dogs. They're crazy. Yeah, except, anyway, you know, one little swift kick in my leg and it's across the parking lot. But anyway, we don't abuse animals. I'm just putting that out there. It's <laughs> metaphor. Chihuahuas are great footballs. <laughs> well, if people are gonna take that tiny little snippet clip and be like. JB and Elise abuse animals and throw chihuahuas. <laughs> like, no. Cut this part out. No. All the other offensive things that we've said, we're going to get 500,000 clips of like how we're horrible people on the internet. Right, just of, of animals. Because people love doing that. They'll take like a little snippet and be like, that's what they said. And it's like, no. Watch the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway, the whole reason <laughs> I was saying that is because, you know, like, because when I was like in high school, um, I didn't like work out like I was in sports and stuff, but I didn't, I was like, Oh, I don't really care about guys with muscles or whatever. But also like, that's how I took care of myself. I was just a normal person, whatever, skinny fat. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, whatever you want to call it. But like, once I started working out and started getting muscle tone and definition and understanding the process, it was like, you don't really want someone who has a different lifestyle than you because you just don't match. Like I can't, I can't date someone who's like smaller than me because it's just so uncomfortable. You know, it's like, right. I, I don't want that, you know, like, no, nor, nor would you want to date someone three times the size of you. Uh, in not, in, I mean, in muscle mass. Sure. I would. Well, okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, about, like, I would. Just, you know, try to see what they're doing. You want them to at least be able to see their dick. Oh my god! There's some yeah. dudes out there that haven't seen their dick since '93. Since '93. But I, I get what you're definitely saying, though, and it makes it hard. You know, you're you're with, you're someone that takes care of themselves. You're with someone that doesn't. You know. You obviously don't eat the same thing. There's going to be time spent away from each other because you're at the gym and they're not. And oftentimes what I found too is there's always going to be, you know, a little bit of resentment that's slowly being built because they're watching you take care of yourself and get better and better. And they're not, you know? And I think there's a lot of misconception too is that, you know, fit guys always want the most fit chicks. From my experiences, all the fit guys that I know want someone curvy. Or like low meat on their bones or something. They maybe don't want the super ripped muscular woman that kind of looks like a dude sometimes. All I but see is fit guys dating yoga chicks. It's like <laughs> no muscle definition and super skinny. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just just take care of yourself. You don't have to be yeah. the most fit person in the fucking world, but I definitely want you to be able to live to see your fucking grandkids. Yeah, that and that's that's the whole point of this. Joe and Elise are not fat phobic. Just take care of yourself, dude. Like. Well, what, why, I, I don't, maybe you can kind of understand what I'm talking about here. It's like, I hate 
and I'm sure it exists somewhere within some people, but the whole idea of fat phobic or homophobic or transphobic, I don't think people realize that that suffix phobic, that means fear. It means you're afraid of. I'm not walking through Walmart going, hey, I, <laughs> just literally like having an anxiety panic attack because I saw one person with cankles. That's not it. It's just, I don't want to be fat. I'm not fat phobic. It's just irritating to see how many fat motherfuckers there are in the United States. Not homophobic. Well, I don't get afraid of gay people. I'm not transphobic. I don't get afraid of trans people. I don't fear them. Yeah, maybe it's talking about like your... Yeah, I don't know. It's super weird. Anyway, right, I don't. I, mean, I don't even really I mean, care like what other them. people do. I don't. I don't care if someone's fat or not. To be honest, right. but I don't want. I don't want to be fat because I don't feel good. I've been overweight before, and it. I did not fucking feel good. Well, I don't know if I can even. If I'm even allowed to say overweight, over a weight that I was comfortable with. I was gonna say you don't look like you've ever been overweight. How can you? You can't say that to someone just from sitting here. You don't know who I was before. I mean, you can usually tell just by the way their skin sits, any stretch marks, the way, you know. Well, I wasn't obese. sits and lays. You can usually fucking tell. Like, I was a few who, pounds overweight in my own eyes. Right. We can right. scroll I, down my Instagram and I'll show you. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, but it just doesn't, it didn't make me feel good. But I don't care. Like, like Lizzo, I fucking love Lizzo. I love what she's doing. I love her movement. I think we all have different purposes in life. But if, if like I had a child and they were like, this is who I am, I'd be like, no, we are not going down that route. Like, I don't want to set you up for diabetes. I don't want to set you up for like, you know, like I want you to be fucking healthy and I'm not going to like put you on a treadmill and starve you. Um, I'm just going to be like, yo, like we're living a healthy lifestyle, like, and we're going to have balance and I wouldn't want that for my child. So why the fuck would I say to everybody else? Yeah, go be you. Like, I mean, you're a fucking adult, make your choices. Well, right. And it's like, if the child is growing up in that kind of household where, you know, you're already setting that example, nine times out of 10, that's not going to be a fucking topic of discussion. The kids are right. going to have those habits and whatever already instilled in place. In the but it's, that's what society is teaching. So imagine you send them out to the school, like you said, and you're like, why the fuck are you having these ideas of coming mm -hmm. home and like thinking that, you know, because kids, I think, also talk back to their parents now. Like oh, yeah. they tell the parents how things are going to go. And it's like the parents cave and it's super confusing. They, they can't. All the, all the kids need to do is say one little thing and the kid's gone and taken away. The parents can't do shit. So weird, dude. I, if I ever had kids, I don't want to, but I would totally like, they're going into the forest to learn. Like they're oh, yeah. homeschooled for I, sure. I no like off the grid, no and, yeah. fucking <laughs> like, oh, yeah. just like oh, totally yeah. wild person. Like you're going to learn how to start like fires with you know flint and just like fucking tie ropes and survive like you're gonna learn some real skills if you ever fucking fall off an airplane like you're gonna know how to live in the wilderness like that's the kind of life that uh you i want to is like even just a little bit of what you said no guy knows how to fucking do that anymore to teach their fucking kids we've lived in such fucking convenience but i kind of i want to jump back a little bit to what, what you had said before i can't stand lizzo I can't fucking stand I love her. her. Like, Heart what irritates me even more is everyone's praising her big, beautiful black self. And if you're a good person, you're a good person, good for you, go for it. What I don't condone is, again, the whole, I'm sexy, I can get whatever. I mean, it's like, oh, no, honey, you, 
you but you i'm sure she is but she is up. sexy and she can get whatever like because the topic to the isn't about like older. yeah well i mean what? you're I, sexy I, I, to the so, eye of the beholder and i'm sexy to the eye of the beholder to some people like but you the definition of beauty isn't what we are discussing it's the definition right. of health exactly Which so her being sexy or not has nothing to do with it I, i'm just talking about her mentality behind it with everything when and everyone's just hyping her up and praising her you know they'll go to someone like dj cali or 50 cent and be like yo what the fuck happened fat ass it's mm -hmm. like where's that same energy motherfuckers 50 cent has what 20 years on lizzo or something and he let himself go a little bit but, you know, Oops. he's also not standing in his power like that because, uh, what is it, Zach Galifianakis or, no, Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill lost a bunch of weight I and people commented on now. it. Yeah, but I, I, it's <laughs> stop I've seen so much See, overweight you're like, and then like the and I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he lost a bunch of weight and then he told people, hey, don't comment on my weight loss. This is just mm. for me. And he stood in his power, right? So Lizzo oh got shot on. Good for him. Well, so this is what I'm saying. The difference is people are going to shit on the people who let them shit on them. You know, obviously there's going to be people who do it no matter what, but Lizzo what? said, fuck you. I'm starting a business from this because y'all are making me feel bad and uh, I'm going to make money off your hate. So mm -hmm. instead of inspiring her to change, she they just inspired her to stay the fucking same and make money off of it because they shot on her so much and 50 cent and whatever, they might be bullied into, into changing, but they're not sticking up against it you know like will smith went on his instagram page one time i was like hey i just gotta admit i'm in the worst shape of my life and it got a lot of praise actually so mm -hmm. it's like people are gonna say what they want to say and usually it's from a place of strong insecurity within themselves and mm -hmm. the main point is just be healthy in your own life and you are beautiful in your own way but if you don't feel fucking beautiful you're gonna shit on a bunch of other people and try to get them to live up to your standards which at the end of the day doesn't really matter the end from my <laughs> side i guess i'm a little more brash in my opinion i i will say yeah you're pretty brash uh, yeah I, I will say how i see it the reality of the situation and it just at the end of the day it is what it is i'm not responsible for your own feelings if you get hurt well, i'm sorry responsible for your feelings i mean it's true it, it, it's it also like true. You. if you get hurt on something i say that is wrong damn fault <laughs> whether or not i whether or not i'm right or wrong oh my God. right and i ain't fucking perfect i've been wrong a lot of times in my life but if what i say offends you that is because you let it offend you because it could have easily have just taken and rolled off the fucking shoulders you would have moved on with your day and nothing would have changed in the whole fucking world so if what i say moved you in any sort of way good positive bad ugly whatever that is because you allowed it to mm -hmm. well just like sad guru had said you know if i if i like cuss you out in hindi and you don't understand hindi you won't know what I'm saying, so you won't be upset by it. So mm -hmm. it's like, is it the words that are actually upsetting you, or is it just the, your understanding of the words? So if if you change your understanding of things, and that's why I'm saying to round out this whole conversation, <laughs> you don't have to suffer or struggle because my understanding of whatever is happening is just this perspective of I don't have to suffer or struggle. Things are just like much easier for me, I think. And that's right. just what the story I'm sticking to. Right. And we are all the authors of our own narrative, not let the standards, verbiage, or ideologies of society, parents, and other influences to dictate how we act, perform, and choose how we dictate our own lives. Amen.
That was that was a good that was a good that was a good fucking circle around right there. It was a good circle. I think we should end it there because we can't yeah. we can't top that until we have another podcast where we go off right. in thirty different circles. Oh yeah, but no, I feel like that was, that was a good that was a good way to kind of wrap everything in a nice pretty little fucking bow, put it under the Christmas tree, and wait for the redhead to step child to open it so you can beat him. <laughs> We're not putting that in the podcast. Yeah, that's the first opening line, dude. Wait for the redheaded stepchild to open it up so that we can be 